Hello and welcome to the Music Survival Guide, the independent musician's guide on how to survive in the music industry. My name is Joe Sage and I'm a producer and mix engineer at Nevis Audio and I am joined by my co-host Phil Salter. Hello, I'm a mix engineer at Fortis Sound Studios. Huzzah. How you doing mate? I'm good. I'm currently melting um, in the the heat wave of, of May. Um, as is customary, it seems, every year, there's the summer of meltiness <laughs> in the UK, which I don't get on with. I mean, it's it's not that hot compared to many countries across the world, but right now, to me, it feels insane. How about you? How are you? Indoors. I'm just going to keep that theme up throughout. <laughs> <laughs> throughout. <laughs> I mean, I've been walking, to be fair. I've been doing some lovely walks. Yeah, I've been doing um, 30 days of yoga with Adrian. Oh, Adrian, Adrian? Adrian. She's like a, she's like the uh, Joe Wicks of yoga, if that makes sense. Yes, I, I, I 100% understand now. Now you said it that way. I'm, I'm on board. So I am in incredible pain. <laughs> Day six. <laughs> Day six. Oh, long way to go. <laughs> Very long way to go. Cool, mate. So um, I have a title down for what we're going to talk about today. What is said title? I mean, I know, but for the benefit of those at home. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about turning strangers into fans using marketing. Ooh. I feel that's customary for you to go ooh at the it end is. of everything. It is. I seem to go ooh a lot. I should, I should cut down on my oohs. So firstly, uh, we need to think about why you want to do this approach. So there's an argument, and I think we've talked about marketing in the last few episodes, where you could say, well, why not just push ads to a cold audience and ask them to do your call to action, whether that's a stream or a pre-save. And I counter this with two points. If you've never, ever heard of a band and you're completely cold to them, think back personally, have you ever done their call to action? If you've never heard of a band before, have you gone and uh, pre-saved their single? I don't think many, I personally can't say I have. Have you, Phil? Mm. Nope, nope. And I don't think many people will. Um, and also, another thing is, what is the cost of this? So if you're pushing out a ad that says, a call to action of streaming your single, for example, how, are we, how much are you paying per stream? Are you paying 5p? Are you paying 20p? You know, that might not seem unreasonable. But then also think, okay, I want to get 10,000 streams, or I want to get 20,000 streams. How much does that cost in the end? Out of interest, Phil, maths, our, our official maths spokesman ah, on the podcast. I've got a GCSE in maths, but that was a long time ago. I don't know. Um, Do you know? Uh, can we play some hold music whilst I find a calculator? So let's say online. Zero five times. Um, I've booked it up already. <laughs> Zero five times. It's a lot of money. Oh, specific <laughs> maths. Wow. Do the maths at home. Um, but either way, it's going to cost a lot of money. Now, I'm going to counter that by saying, now apply that to the bands you are aware of. And awareness can come from anything between you know them as friends or... Uh, especially with Facebook, because it will show that your friends have liked the band. Um, now are you more likely to pre-save and do the call to action? 
I'd argue yes. That's probably how a lot of us find bands that we like. So what mm. we want to talk about is turning those strangers into what we're going to refer to as brand aware. Brand brand aware. I was I, I was going to use the word kind of warm, mm. cold cold to warm. These these are very businessy words, by the way. These these this kind of t- talk is used a lot in the kind of business world. We could put a a um, parentheses around the R, so it's band aware. Brand, brand, I'll, I'll get my coat. Maybe. So this episode is going to be a lot of us talking about, how, yeah, as Joe says, how you take people from who is this band I've never heard of them to I'm aware of this band. <laughs> it's it's almost stage one of a two stage process, as Joe says, where you take them from being sort of aware of you to liking you. That's the next stage on. Um, but this is even even more basic stage and a lot of this um is social media based which is very handy in lockdown days um it's a lot of things you can think about and work out now yeah i think the to use the proper term from it it's a funnel Hmm. so i think the common mistake that people who are new to marketing that might be bands who are trying social media marketing for the first time and pushing ads is that they will try and take people from the top of the funnel so that might be their never heard of your band before, they're from a different location, maybe a different country, and they're trying to immediately get them to the bottom of the funnel without adding processes in between that kind of allow people to come back down the funnel. The important thing and the reason why it's worth figuring this out is that if you just want to move people from the top of your funnel to the bottom, so let's use the example of you want them to stream your single, then you're going to pay every time you want to get a stream. Whereas if you move them into the middle of your funnel, then they are free for you to market to or certainly a hell of a lot cheaper to market to. And they will do your call to action repeatedly. They might stream your single multiple times. You can then ask them to add it to a playlist. You can then uh, freely market to them when you've got further singles. So instead of paying, you know, five to 20 pence for every stream, you're going to be... uh, Instead of paying 5 to 20 pence per stream, if you just pay that initial 5 to 20 pence to get them into the middle of your funnel, then they can have multiple benefits to uh, streaming your single multiple times and doing all the things we've talked about. So there are many, 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 many uh, different ways to think about what your middle of your funnel could be. Um, I'd like to start by throwing out perhaps an obvious one, which is trying to get people to like or follow your page, your whatever it is, your Instagram page, your Facebook page, maybe your YouTube page if they're a subscriber, um, things like that. That is a very basic way to get a group of people who are aware of you. <laughs> yeah, and a really good, uh, simple example of that, and I'm taking it from the Perry Marshall book of uh, Facebook advertising, is you can run literally a brand awareness campaign mm. and i i don't say that as a fancy term as in go on facebook ads manager there will be an option as we're recording this that says brand awareness and you can advertise if you've got your targeting right and kind of go you know um rock trio from sheffield um click like to keep updated with new releases uh giveaways and live sets or whatever but like an incentive that's going to get them to like your thing there's a really good tool that facebook have is once one person has liked it it acts as social proof Mm. so say 
I might never have heard of a band and Phil might um Phil might like them. So they could be like a London-based band, but they're advertising to get new people in Liverpool. Because Phil's already liked it, instead of it coming up and appearing as an ad immediately to me, it will say, Phil has liked hmm. this band. And that will be the first thing I see. And that social proof can be the make or break between bringing people into your funnel, essentially. It does take time to build up that kind of proof, though. as, the, as It takes a lot of people to like it to kind of start building a flow like that i think when you're thinking about doing an advert like that a paid for advert um make sure it passes the caveman test it's something we keep mentioning uh don't overcomplicate it you may have a really complicated and fancy backstory for how the bank came to be but right now for right now that's not what people need to know they maybe need to know what you're called what kind of music you do and where you are that's like the real real headline information um I think there can be a temptation to, um, without realising it, kind of miss out the middle of the funnel thing again. And you can go, well, yeah, sure, people could like my page, but maybe I could do an advert in a local area to get them to come to your gig. And I would say, well, wait, that's that's going to be taking someone from don't know the band at all to the bottom of the funnel. In this case, the bottom of the funnel being come to my gig. This is purely about the middle of the funnel, getting someone to, in this case, like or follow your page. Yeah, I think there's been more than one occasion when I've been talking to bands that have not um, recorded anything and they've gone, yeah, yeah, so uh, we've kind of got this budget, but then we're going to make all these T-shirts and we're speaking to a brewery about <laughs> doing this beer. And it's the same principle, just, you know, we're talking about the online version and Phil made a really good point of gigs as well is a great bottom of the funnel where people just kind of go, well, if we make the bottom of the funnel, people will come to it. And we'll just, you know, do some light advertising to like a cold audience and they'll all rush down. It's not the way it works. Even if you think back to, you know, a pre-social media era, which unfortunately and quite worryingly might elude quite a lot of our <laughs> listeners. But there was times when you found out bands through people recommending them to you. And that was kind of the social proof. And brand awareness is essentially the online version mm. of hearing someone talk about a band and saying hey you might you might like this you kind of a good brand awareness campaign is that bloke down the pub that goes hey i know what music you like you might want to try this band yeah. and because you trust them it will be a band that you'll go check out and you might like absolutely absolutely completely um there are ways of getting people to follow you or like you that don't require you to spend money. So if you don't have money to spend on this kind of thing, don't worry. It's not the be all and end all. Um, if you have released music, then hopefully people are sharing it and they're engaging with it. And as people share stuff on social media, naturally their group of friends will see that and hopefully engage with it. So without even doing anything, hopefully over time you will gain followers in that way. Um, but then there's also Facebook groups. Facebook groups are so important for local music scenes and styles of music. I have found countless bands that I know love on Facebook groups. So if you are not active and engaged in your local scene or your your genre of music Facebook group, make sure you are. It's it's a waste of time not to, frankly. Yeah, I think there's a big element in middle of funnel to staying top of mind for when mm. you have got something to release. I think it's very few bands and they're ones at the absolute top that, you know, they will go silent for a year. <laughs> the, the Twitter will all be like, uh, 
grayed out and all the tweets or the, all the Instagram posts will be deleted, then all at one time, this big thing comes up and, you know, it like, oh my God, they're releasing new music. Unfortunately, as much as I'd love to be in that position, and I'm sure many others would, it, it can't really be mm. done. So I think uh, there are a lot of ways, and as Phil was saying there, Facebook groups are a great way of kind of staying top of yeah. mind. So just kind of going, my band's still doing this. We're participating in that. And then when you've got something at the bottom of the funnel to go, here's a new single, here's a gig, it doesn't feel like you're suddenly bombarding people who are just going, oh, who are you? They kind of go, oh yeah, I'm aware of that yeah. person. I will then participate in what they're offering. And um, we will um, gently refer you to last week's episode about uh, Instagram. And a lot of that stuff actually applies to Facebook as well um, in terms of what kinds of things you can post about, how you can keep your social media going, maybe when you're not gigging at the moment and things like that. Um, staying atop of mind is also about kind of posting regularly and consistently on your social media so i refer you to last week if you want more information about that mm. so off the top of my head some more middle of funnel mm-hmm. things uh a great one that not enough bands exploit spotify playlisting yes so having a weekly spotify playlist and i'm not talking about um you know Okay, this week Ariana Grande and Lady Gaga <laughs> released one, putting that on your playlist like that. That requires no effort. But if you were to kind of participate in your community, whether that be locally, maybe nationally in terms of Facebook groups, maybe something specific for your genre, and you kind of go, you know, re- you reach out to people and say, hey, you know, I really liked this song. I'd really like to add it to my playlist just to let you know. In theory, you don't have to tell them. Mm. But having that one-to-one interaction and building a community so they will go, oh, yeah, there's um, this person has made a playlist with our song on. So then you're drawing fans from their music over to yours. Yes. And it's also something that although requires some work, in the long run really doesn't. Like who, if you're really into your music, who is that bothered about sitting down and listening to new bands and curating like a cool playlist every week? I think if you're reaching out to bands as well, it has so many other reciprocal, my fancy word of the week, effects that you may not immediately think about. Like if you start contact with a band, it could open gig opportunities in the future. You've then got someone you could chat to about, you know, doing a gig, sharing a bill with things like that. Um, another way to think about Spotify playlists is again linked to Facebook groups I keep talking about them Um, a lot of people on those make Spotify playlists Um, and if you're feeling a bit cheeky you could talk to them (laughs) it's another way it's another way of doing it you know if you know someone in the scene who has a big old playlist with loads of bands on it you could talk to them and say well hey we've released this music what do you think you don't have to be really pushy about it um but if you can find out who those people are who are making these playlists, you could talk to them and sort of do it in the opposite way around as well. Yeah, there's even, I think, a more obvious way of doing it. Of If you can build a really solid Spotify playlist and you get, you know, mm. potentially thousands of, um, of listeners and followers of your playlist, when you've got music to release, you whack your song right at the top of that playlist. You've got guaranteed thousands of streams. Boom. <laughs> and if you call it something like i don't know 
gosh, brain melt. Uh, if you call, <laughs> if you call the playlist something like I don't know, um, rock and metal playlist 2020. That's the most generic name I could ever think of ever. Um, it, it make it something that people are going to search for, um, and they're likely to find. Then you will be found by people just looking for that kind of music naturally on Spotify. Mm. A great one to search for, you know, just off the top of your head if you were bored, is uh, MSG Featured, which is our podcast's playlist featuring all of our bands. Cheeky plug. <laughs> I've thought of, here's an interesting point, one form of marketing of a sort that misses out the middle of funnel. And I'm, I'm, I want to see what you think about this, Joe. This is an interesting one. You intrigue me. <laughs> Online radio plays. If you can get your music onto an online radio station, I am part of a few Facebook groups where there are very clearly a few online radio shows that everyone listens to. That might be a way of going straight from cold to a listener. Ooh. I agree. But then you need... I still think unless you, your music is exceptional or through very good luck, you need to be middle of the funnel for whoever is curating that radio show. Fair point. <laughs> so I guess that comes back to maybe being active and, and around on those Facebook groups. Ah, oh, maybe you're right. <laughs> Damn it. I thought I had one. Cool. Um, another one that uh, Phil reminded me of uh, before we recorded this is email lists. Oh, yes. Email lists or mailing lists or whatever you want to call them. Um kind of everyone has one nowadays i mean joe you have one don't you i do indeed um, cheek, cheeky self i'm plugging your play, mailing list um <laughs> i don't have a mailing list so i really should i'm sort of talking to myself as much as anyone else out here um but they are a free source of marketing if people are willing to give you their email address then you can regularly keep them updated with all sorts of news, you know, uh, what gigs you're doing, maybe you're about to record some music, things like that, um, band and life updates, all sorts of things go in there. If you're not sure what to put, go and find some bands you enjoy who are doing mailing lists and go and sign up and you'll see the kinds of things they post. Mm. If I was to say to you though, Phil, why should I join your mailing list? Well, if I was in a band, say I'm in some screaming 80s metal band because why not i would dangle an offer before the face of the person um and what that would be depends on what i would have so a really obvious one is here's a free track if you sign up to our our mailing list um that's a really obvious one um yeah <laughs> yeah i think free downloads um exclusivity is a massive thing mm. so if you say, um, well, it depends on your budget, really. You could say, well, if you sign up to our mailing list, you get the acoustic version of our song. Maybe a song that doesn't get released anywhere else. You have to sign up to the mailing list to have it. Maybe they get previews of your new single like 24 hours before it goes live. And I think that in itself is a bit of a reciprocal bit of marketing because... If uh, if I'm in a band and I get I convince Phil to sign up to listen to the single 24 hours before, Phil is going to post about that because mm. everyone wants to feel like they're part of 
some exclusive club. That's kind of why exclusivity offers work so well. So then I can then share what Phil has said about, oh, you know, Phil might have said, oh my God, listen to the new uh, single 24 hours before. Sounds amazing. I repost that on my story. That gets more people not only to sign up to the main list, but more interest in in the single that's going to come out in 24 hours or whenever. Hmm. It's a really simple enticement uh, to get people into your mailing list. And then as it's as it's like you then kind of got them hooked um, and you'll hopefully send them regular updates and information and all sorts. Um, the other thing to think about with mailing lists is um, if you, on your website, if you have a band website, um, instead of just including an email address, you could include a contact us form. And so if they have a question for you, they have to fill in a form and supply you with their email address. So that's another way of, of maybe collecting email addresses. There are some potential GDPR issues. I hate the phrase GDPR, Ooh. but you have to think about them. Um, you really do. So maybe include a tick box to say that you approve or maybe make a, like a mailing list tick box. Um, but that could be a way of collecting some email, address, email addresses for your mailing list. Uh, so to conclude this week's episode, um, it's worth thinking about how you're going to get people to the middle of this funnel instead of just taking them straight from the top to the bottom because that's a much harder prospect and a much more expensive one if you're putting paid marketing behind it. Um, you need to get people to engage and follow or like your pages, your various bits of social media, whatever they are. Um, and you can do that by paid advertising. You can do that by getting on, say, uh, playlists for Spotify. You can engage with Facebook groups. There's all sorts of ways of doing it. Um, so get to it. It's really worth your time, especially now in this sort of weird lockdown time. Yeah, I feel like it's important to build those middle funnels before you have something to release rather than mm. panicking last minute and go, oh, music's out next week, we need to build a funnel. Yeah, don't do that because it won't go so well and it will be probably quite expensive if you put money behind it. Yeah, as our maths at the start of the episode concluded. Oh no, not, let's, let's forget the maths. <laughs> cool, mate. So in a turnout for the books, I'm not going to close out the end of the show. Oh, you never close out the end of the show. It's a band that does. Anyway, the... <laughs> This week, we have a band called High Low with a, a slash in it. Um, they, they are hailing. They're hailing. That's, wow, that's my use of the word. I love the word hailing. From Southend-on-Sea, and they've sort of got a lo-fi kind of 90s vibe. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes, but their song here is I Want to See You Laugh. He said in a very southern way. Okay, so it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from him. <laughs>